Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women on life after 50 who are unafraid to age out loud. I'm your host, Katie Fogarty. Can you imagine having a job where you stand on stage in front of a crowd of strangers and perform without any preparation, without any script to guide you? Zero rehearsals. My guest today does exactly that, and so, so much more. Katie Goodman is an award-winning improv comedian and actress, author, workshop leader and speaker, and social activist. Her off-Broadway all-women sketch comedy show, Broad Comedy, has raised more than a million dollars for Planned Parenthood and other progressive causes, and is part of the body of work that got her nominated for MacArthur Genius Grant. Katie literally wrote the book on using improv comedy to improve your life, and she has taught over 10,000 people how to use the tools of improv to handle absolutely anything. Be more creative, courageous, and confident. Today, she's going to help us do the same. Welcome to my fellow Katie. Hello. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited to uh, have you here. Um, I know uh, it's so fun. I've, I've taken an improv class with Katie. I've known her for a number of years. She is uh, magic and fun and really uh, helps helps us throw our arms around this because, oh. you know, I think that Saturday Night Live, Second City have really put sketch comedy and improv comedy into the zeitgeist, right? Because most of us are familiar with the genre, but translating yeah. the, the tools of improv into our everyday life feels a bit more mysterious. Tell, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tell us about sort of the connection. Mix, yeah. yeah, it's like life coaching meets, um, yeah, comedy meets culture. <laughs> And so you do a lot of corporate trainings and workshops. You do uh, improv classes for women. Tell us how you uh, take these tools of improv, maybe walk us through sort of the basics, and then share your vision for how you started translating it to help people improve their lives. Yeah, okay. And I was just remembering when you were in my class, you were absolutely hilarious and very smart. It was really fun, uh, highbrow comedy. <laughs> Not surprising knowing well, you. Well, I remember being forced to sing in front of a room full of people that I didn't know. And I was like, yeah. if I could survive that, I can survive anything. <laughs> it was very, yeah. very humbling. <laughs> I kind of sprung that on everyone at the end, yeah. Um, well, I think what this... Is, so I was trained um, as an actor, and then I became a comedian, and then I was also, at the same time in my late 20s, I was um, training to be a yoga teacher, and I noticed that all of the same tools that I was learning as a yoga teacher um, and practicing, you know, Buddhism and being present and staying in the flow and giving up our expectations and all those things were exactly the same thing <laughs> that I was um, having to do in improv as well. So I, that was when I got the idea to create this workshop and um, the book and everything to bring all that stuff together. Um, do you want me to just kind of walk through the eight yeah, tools I always us. teach? Okay. Sure. All right. So the first one is to stay present. So um, I always I use this photo of a little toddler, like standing at the bottom of a giant um, <laughs> bunch of ste steps outside. And, you know, as adults, we have this like, oh, my God, it's overwhelming. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, how will I ever get to the top? And I always try to use that image as like, 
the, the toddlers know intuitively to stay present and they're just like, you know, want to climb stair. Like that's it. Right, you one know? step so at a time. Have <laughs> this idea, it's like, it's the one stair, the step that's in front of you. So staying present is really important in any creative endeavor, like really in anything, obviously. But um, it helps us be really mindful and more present with others, you know, so that we can... Um, also just become aware of our habitual reactions. And I think like during a pandemic, particularly, it's been really important to be present and not spin out and globalize and catastrophize and like jump way the heck ahead um, to, oh my God, I'm going to still be out of work in a year or, you know, we're going to, you know, when's the vaccine? Like it was really important, I think, for people to, um, we were forced, you know. Right, we were forced to, to keep your sanity yeah. is to focus on, you know, getting the toilet paper and just worrying about today. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Toilet paper is such a good example. <laughs> Nothing better <laughs> to get us present than the need for toilet paper and how to find it. Um, so then the second to I mean, improv, you know, you need that because you really need to be listening to the person. So if you're like floating off into the future and you're not listening, you have no idea what they've just offered you. Yes. So that leads kind of the second tool, which is called yes and, which I uh, I know a lot of people know that expression, the yes and principle. Um, so instead of, and this can happen in a relationship, in a family, in a staff meeting. So if people are like, hey, I have this great idea and everyone's like, no, 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 or they're just not even listening, which I know happens to women all the time of every age, um, where, you know, you have this great idea, nobody hears it, and 20 minutes later, one of the dudes in the room says it. And everyone's <laughs> like, like, that's a great I, idea! <laughs> brilliant! <laughs> and it's so amazing to me. I have been hearing that story for 20 years when I go talk to um, companies, and it is still happening. Although people are getting a little bit better at pointing it out, like, listen to her, um, you know. And um, so anyway, the, and that can happen with ageism in either direction. But um, so the yes and principle is doesn't have to be yes, I love your idea if you don't, but it can be like, yes, I hear you. And then I'm going to add on to it. So um, like Katie, we did in our workshop, you know, I would say to you, for example, um, like, um, hey, mom, um, um, is this... The, <laughs> is this a picture of the dog you had when you were a child? And you would say, yes, yeah. and, and then you'd add something to it. Yeah. You want to throw that but out? You'd say yes, but my dog, yes, and my dog had a tail the last time I saw it. What happened to this dog's tail? <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's Where'd a great the tail story. go? <laughs> so what you've already done is you've like, taken my idea and you've run with it as opposed to being like that's not my dog right because then the scene or the idea or the staff room or the family just kind of falls flat right um so you've said yes you've acknowledged it and then you've added to it so you don't want to just be somebody who's like yeah great idea um and that's it you know we want to be adding our own stuff to all the ideas that come our way and again back to pandemic um you know, super uh, useful skill right now is we're all like, well, that thing I've always counted on can't happen or my job has completely changed to Zoom or um, whatever. So if you're just negating it, you know, we're going to get stuck and not adapt and annoy everyone around us, basically. And, right, and not move for because you've closed the door. You, you, you've given yourself no avenue for, for change or growth. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of interesting, like podcasting wise for you, obviously, it's um, still the same. And actually, um, 
a friend of mine um, who's a um, radio show, uh, Ophira Eisenberg, she does um, Ask Me Another. And what's been interesting is since they can't do their live shows, they've gone online. But it's given her the opportunity to work with celebrities who are A, home, B, don't have to get on a plane, um, you know what I mean, C, are in their pajamas. So she's actually pivoted. Um, she yes-anded it really well. It's just a good example. I was just thinking about it this morning. Um, and it's actually grown better. And she's in some ways like, I kind of want to keep this probably, you know. So <laughs> My pandemic silver lining rocks. I'm not on the phone I with somebody know, cool. I know. <laughs> and, of, you know, and like you can be a total Pollyanna too. Like, oh, everything's so great. I'm at home with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. we're not going there. We're not, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. All right. What's number three? So I, yeah, I'll kind of skim through the next few because they're sort of similar um, in, I mean, we've already kind of hit on them a little bit. Number three is be flexible. Obviously, things aren't going how we expect. So one of the things that I always try to teach people, and the reason I love doing these workshops is because they're doing something new they've never done before. And it's completely, sometimes, out of their wheelhouse. Um, and this can be for anybody, like, to you know, for your listeners at home, like, I mean, I learned to cook at 52 <laughs> after this, during this <laughs> pandemic, I literally had not cooked a thing in my entire life because my husband was the cook. I've cooked like 60 or 70 meals. And so that was like really shifting because my husband still had a job basically. And I didn't, I right. couldn't perform or go on tour to speak or lead workshops in person. So I was like, I'm going to do all the hobbies I never got to This do. is his <laughs> pandemic silver lining. He probably yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be super annoying. Yeah, everybody's like, great, Katie. Awesome. I'm so glad you're having a good pandemic. Um, <laughs> and <clears throat> so being flexible, obviously, to, you know, pivot, um, the word we're all really sick of, but yeah. um, just incredibly important. And oh, what I was saying was, we want to be able to try it somewhere that's easy, like in a playful improv workshop, or being flexible um, with, you know, your exercise, somewhere that's not like super loaded, you know, like I'm going to be flexible with my mother-in-law moving in with me. <laughs> like <laughs> try to practice it, sure. like pick something today, like try to practice it in something that's just simple and straightforward and there aren't any big consequences. And then when you get more comfortable and playful with it, then you can take it over to the mother-in-law and try it there. <clears throat> I like it. So I'm, get, I'm getting a, I'm getting a big latte instead of a small one. Is that exactly? Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, or almond milk, right? Okay. Yeah, um, I can do that. The I like that. Fourth one is give up the goal, which is <laughs> again. I mean, I cannot even tell you how appropriate all this stuff has been for the pandemic. And actually, I really do think I've had an easier time in a lot of ways because I've been practicing this stuff my whole life. Um, and all the sort of creative people I know um, are doing a really good job of changing the way that they do things and not completely flipping out. But um, so giving up the goal. So uh, you want to do that in improv. Like, let's say, for example, I mean, you'll probably remember this from our workshop and stuff. But let's say, you know, you walk in and like they're like, it's it's a scene set in the hospital. And, I, you know, I have this example because my husband and I had this happen where he's we're in the same theater company. So he was like looking really confident and I'm thinking he's the doctor. And I was like, do you recognize this? And I point to my nose. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, I'm, you know, I had my nose done by this doctor, a nose job. And like, I'm coming back because I had a crush on him or something. Of course, I don't say any of that out loud because it's happening so fast. So then he <laughs> thought, 
he's making up a totally different story. This is the be flexible, give up the goal, be present. <laughs> yes, and like everything's needed in this moment. And he says, oh my God, it's the missing nose. The nurse has stored it on her face. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so completely ridiculous. Um, so it caught me off guard a little bit in a great way. But like if I had been, if I didn't yes and him and I'd be like, no, 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 this is the nose job you did. I'm not a nurse. Then like all his funny would have just like died and I wouldn't have been a good partner, like playing partner. And I gave up my goal, but you don't have to be a doormat, right? So this is what I think is important too, especially like for women, um, you know, who are um, either, well, either in a leadership or non-leadership position, but you know, you, you don't want to be like, um, oh, okay, so just forget my idea. So I kept elements of it because they were strong choices. Like I had a crush on this guy that really helped give me an objective, something I wanted in the scene. Um, I was still, you know, um, I was still proud like I was proud pointing to the nose. So I kept that. <laughs> this is a ridiculous example. No, it's but a anyway, good example. So like, <laughs> it's all those things where you, you give up the goal, but you don't just like turn into a puddle, right? <laughs> I think that's so smart. And I think, um, again, it's something like, you know, we've all had to give up just massive goals. Um, I mean, I think of my niece who went off to college this year and she like literally just got back couple days ago and that's it you know now she's home for the rest of the year <laughs> giving up like all I mean all that and having left home and all this stuff I mean these are the really big things if we can and practice some of this stuff in a playful way where we can kind of, so I think the idea is it's it's not just practicing Katie right like it's not just like I have to get better and stronger at this it's so that you can see how you operate it's very hard in the middle of a fight with your husband to see how you operate, right? You're just in your like MO. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is, this is, this is ringing very you, true. <laughs> so if you're like in some other world, like if you're cooking and you're being inflexible, you can, st and this actually totally happened to me over Thanksgiving. I had made this pie and I totally, I was, because the people who usually make it were not there <laughs> and I totally screwed it up and then I fixed it and I got it and I felt good about it. But then somebody else was like, Oh, can you make this other thing? Just improvise it. And I got like panicked <laughs> over like food. And I was like, Oh my God, why am I having this moment right now? It's because, and I could, you know, I'm a life coach so I can, I philosophy major and everything. So I could like kind of like dig out and I was like, Oh my God, it's because I, uh, I'm worried about wrecking things for everybody. That's definitely like me in general. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about ruining things for the, you know, people that I'm trying to do nice things for. And it was also like the pressure of doing something right, even though I'm an improviser, you know. But even um, because you, you're, you, and you're comparing it to the way it had been, how, how it used to be when that other person made it or, you know, it's, it's tricky. And I think that when you, I love that you've been weaving the pandemic through everything that you've been sharing, because I feel that's so core to, first of all, it's the moment in time we're in, we can't avoid it. It's kind of, you know, it's the scene that, 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 the, that we've been handed by the universe. So we're forced to manage our way through this. But your doctor uh, analogy was so perfect because it you still <laughs> held on to the kernel of what you were was meaningful to you in that moment and i feel like we all need to do that because yeah. the thing about those you know those 2020 goals i mean i write a vision every year for what i'm hoping is going to happen in my year and what i'm working towards and at mm. some point in like 
you know, April, I was like ripping up the piece of paper and like throwing it in the trash. But it doesn't, <laughs> you know, because I felt like the universe was like, that's not going to happen. But, it, it, you know, it doesn't need to be that way. The, the kernel of the things I still wanted to do were there, which was like, you know, um, be connected to my family and my friends. I've been Zooming like a maniac with the, with the people in my life that are important. I'm not seeing them in real life, but I can still be connected, you know, because that's right. important. And I can still be of service to my clients. And I, 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 this podcast is an, is an outgrowth because I was like, I wanted to do something creative. I thought it was going to look one way, but, you know, the pandemic, you know, I can still talk to people virtually. So, right, right, exactly. And I think also what's kind of interesting is you take you with you wherever you go, right? So, I love that. whatever you do. I love that. I love that. I'm getting that embroidered <laughs> on something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, whatever your garbage was before the pandemic, it's going to be heightened. Um, I don't love that. I don't want to take my change, right? <laughs> so, actually, that food thing was yeah. <laughs> kind of interesting for me because what is happening for me now during the pandemic, you know, I grew up in a very high achieving household. In fact, my dad was a surgeon. Um, my mom was a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. And so, you know, that is my burden to bear. No, that's my um, background. And so like, I'm constantly having to check myself on overachievement issues, you know, overachievers anonymous sure. kind of stuff. And the thing that kind of can put me over the edge sometimes is, and this I'm sure is why I've gravitated towards improv, you can't be perfect. Like literally it's not even on the agenda, right? But um, when I feel incompetent, I get upset, you know, like if I feel bad about myself and, you know, that's just the inner critic talking. And at this point in my career and life and being a coach, like I know that, I know to look for that. But it was really funny. Um, I was sitting there with this like, gravy recipe that they were asking me to <laughs> improvise after I'd screwed up the pie. And I was like, oh my God, I'm feeling incompetent. I haven't performed in a year, in eight months. I haven't yeah. spoken. I haven't written. Like there was, I mean, now I'm doing it all virtually and it's coming back and I'm starting to feel better. But there was like this really big chunk of time where I wasn't doing the things that I feel competent in. I was only doing new things. I was cooking. Uh, I would learn to paint. And as you know, I um, took an interior design course, like all things that are new and, you know, maybe I had some skill in at times and it's, that's been fun. But I was also like, oh my God, that's my little trigger right now is feeling incompetent. And I think that happens, um, that's probably a pretty common one for people during a a time. And one of the, one of the skills that I teach is allowing yourself to get lost um, that's so, how it, do you teach that? Tell me more about that. <laughs> I like, I'm curious. Yeah. So, well, definitely in a game, right? Like you're d absolutely lost in the game in the middle, in the beginning, particularly, but in, in the middle, it's called the messy middle and it might not even come out at the end where you think it's going to come out. So allowing yourself to not know where the scene is going is vital. That's like one of the rules. Like you have to kind of not know where it's going and being willing to accept that. But I have, you know, lists and lists of ways people can do that. Like right now. You know, um, like when you and I go take a walk, let's go take it through the park in an area we haven't done before. Or um, certainly we're all <laughs> like getting lost um, probably on the Internet, watching things, you know, like I never was a TV watcher. This is kind of unusual, I realize. But and so now I'm watching like all these movies I never got to watch and stuff or, um, uh, you know, trying new things, cooking, painting, art, whatever. But also it can be things like um, getting lost, um, like allowing yourself 
to lost is kind of a strong word, but allowing yourself to connect with people you haven't connected with in a long time. Like, um, I, I know we all kind of did that in the beginning a little bit more, but I'm starting to uh, get sick of zoom, but also just to reach out to some really long ago friends, you know, from my childhood, somebody who was like basically my stepsister growing up and, and things like that. And, and that's really fairly easy. And then again, so that when you're doing things that are hard, like, you know, I don't really know what it's going to look like going back to performing in theaters. Will there be masks? Will everybody be six seats apart? You know, sure. things like that. Um, that'll be a little bit easier because I'll know, like, I'm not going to die being lost. Like, it's okay. I'm going to um, be able to mm, kind of sit with it more comfortably. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. And so do you feel that trying the new things helped you during the pandemic to to kind of tether you to you know, yeah because it's interesting yeah. when I my day job I work with people who are um, you know working on their professional branding sharing their career story I do a lot of work with people right. on LinkedIn and mm -hmm. while I work with a lot of people sometimes who are looking to elevate their career or win new clients I do work with a lot of people who are job hunting which can feel like a really fraught scary time when you're not working yeah. and are looking for employment it's a very vulnerable space to be in and mm -hmm. sometimes when I'm working with somebody who's really struggling, I'll ask them about, you know, where else do they succeed? You know, are they like an amazing baker? Do they, you know, do they sing at the church choir? You know, whatever it is, because everyone has an area in their life where they feel so confident. And I think when you can connect to what makes you feel yourself and powerful and successful, not in a you know, corporate success, but just when you feel right. like I'm, I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing, it kind of bleeds into everything else. So it's right. interesting that the idea of doing things that you're not good at in some ways can help you as well. Yes. And, but I think you kind of maybe need both. Like my... <laughs> no, to practice because you, yeah. you, if otherwise you're going to, the first time that things are a challenge, you're going to sink because you've had no little... You know, you haven't built that muscle by right. by being uncomfortable. You have to be right. uncomfortable exactly. to be, be take greater swings and bigger risks. Yep. And then you just have to be really prepared for your inner critic to perk up its little antenna and start chatting at you. And just like if you walk into something knowing that that's going to happen and how to handle it, um, then I think you won't be blindsided. Um, and I can send, I can give you guys a a PDF little download of an inner critic worksheet to turn it into an inner coach. It's such like a. I of, love that. I remember you did that at the tail end of our workshop. Do you want to yeah. just quickly walk through uh, with our listeners? Because everyone has a critic that's mm -hmm. always telling themselves you're not doing it well. They're doing it better. Why did yeah. you say that? That was silly. Send us off with something that's going to get us to quiet those noisy yeah. voices. Well, the first thing you need to remember is that your inner critic, I'm kind of like jumping to the end of this, but your inner critic was put in place to protect you, right? From being embarrassed and like literally kicked off the island. So <laughs> for <laughs> evolutionary biology created that fear. So you won't like ostracize yourself from the clan and then like literally get sent off on the ice flow. So like, don't feel bad about having an inner critic. It's not like a, it's not like you're the only one. I think a lot of people think they're like, have I mean, everybody has it. And also, just like, I don't know if you saw that movie, A Beautiful Mind, but where he heard, he saw characters and heard voices. And then he, it's not like they ever went completely away. They just like at the end of the movie, they kind of like stood over to the side looking at him. So that's the idea with the inner critic is like, it's not like, oh, I'm weak because I hear these things. Everybody hears them. It's just you stop 
listening to them and heeding them. So for example, an inner critic isn't somebody, uh, this is what it's not. It's not like, you know, you really should put on makeup and get dressed and do some research before you go to that job interview. That's like a coach. That's right? common sense. That's, <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's, a, it's neutral, objective language. Inner critic is like, you're not going to get this. It's something you can't argue, right? And that's how you know it's the critic. It's like, um, you're not smart enough. Why would you think you could do this? It's usually mean and nasty. Um, and so jotting down what it says is really important so you kind of get it out of your head and on paper. And then um, looking at it like if your friend said that, you'd be like, what? <laughs> right? <laughs> um, if your friend said that about themselves, you'd be like, are you kidding me? You're awesome. So um, then the next step is um, trying to figure out maybe kind of when it jumps into view, like when it, what triggers it to come up. That would just be helpful so that when you go into those situations, you know it's going to be there, like a new date or going to see your family <laughs> <laughs> over Thanksgiving, say, um, or Christmas. Um, and then the next step is to try to come up with some neutral language and areas of your life that you would like its help. Like, I really don't want the inner critic to help me when I'm on the scale, particularly like right now. <laughs> um, I would like it to help me when I'm um, maybe like trying to get organized about this new e-course. I'm teaching people how to um, teach creative workshops and we're making an e-course about it. So I, I'd like to kind of have like a reasonable time frame instead of like, you're never going to get this done, you know, um, just neutral objective language. Like, let's talk to Tana, my assistant, about when seems reasonable and what platform we're using and how much I should send her a week and blah, blah, blah. You know, like just very neutral objective languaging. And that's your inner coach. Um, and I think that's kind of a good overview. It's not something that will probably be fixed in like five minutes. So I'll give you guys the Yeah, the download. Handout. But that sounds so smart too, to, to, to sort of recognize when the inner critic is actually working for you versus when the inner critic is, you know, stopping you in your tracks. Because even right. just that, that recognition is powerful. Right. Um, and I call it a critic versus a coach because I do think it's important to like make that distinction. And one is helpful and one is not. That's so valuable. And I I'm putting that download into the to the show notes. Thank you for, for being mm -hmm. generous to share it with you. Of course, Katie, of course. I know that we we don't have too much much more time because you did share at the sort of the top before we got going that you have a virtual parent teacher conference <laughs> happening because all of our lives are virtual now, including, you know, getting together with our with our kids' teachers, um, yeah. but we only have like a few more minutes. I would love to hear a little bit about um, how you think we're heading into the holiday season right now. We've just come out of Thanksgiving. The winter holidays are approaching the new year. For a lot of us, Thanksgiving looked different. The The winter holidays will probably feel different as well. You know, how can we use some of these tools that you talked about, about yeah. um, sort of being confident and, and courageous and, and, and embrace these these changes and, and feel good about having things yeah. be different? The upside so, of, how can we make the downside be an upside? Right, right. So basically all of these skills that I just said lead to the last one, which is to be, try to be authentic. So if you're like showing up either on Zooms or with your kids or, um, at family things or um, if you're trying to just appease everybody right now, <laughs> particularly with the holidays um, and you kind of, or even you just get kudos at work for being something you're not, it's just not going to be satisfying. 
Um, so I think one of the main ways that we are confident is when we show up authentically and we either get praised or we don't, but we're still authentic about it. Um, I think that is where our confidence really comes from. Um, does that make sense? So like yeah, being figuring out what, what being true to yourself and, and being that way in the situation, even if it's not. And also, I think people are really appreciating when people are honest. I mean, you don't have to be like whining all the time about the pandemic. But, you know, like I had an experience the other day with um, my financial advisor who was working from home and she had a four-year-old who started screaming in the background. And I think this is really important for women um, in our, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s too, is that to support each other in this. And she was like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Excuse me for one second. And she goes back. And she was like, I'm sorry, it was a Spider-Man costume malfunction. <laughs> and I'd be screaming all, I too. So- I would be screaming too. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so thrilled that she had a girl that had a Spider-Man costume, like just to start with from a feminist point of view. I was like, and I, I wrote her an email afterwards because there was also a guy on the call with us. And I wrote her afterwards and I was like, please, no, you absolutely don't have to apologize. I, she, she was like, that was so unprofessional. And I was like, no, actually... It was exactly professional. You are home with a kid trying to work as a woman. And right now, a huge portion of the population of women are um, the ones who are not working, you know, to stay at home um, with the kids. Like, it's a shocking number of women that are stopping working. And I was like, that's exactly professional. You're being very authentic. And I just, and she wrote back the most appreciative email, which made me realize how hard it is for her and for other women um, Absolutely, I, it's 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 astonishing what what people are grappling with during this time, and yeah, uh, I'm sure she appreciated that that lovely note. And I really feel that I've had so many Zoom calls like this. I actually had a client call where the woman got on the phone in like shell shock in her pajamas because her neighbor had just died of COVID, and Ugh. it was so Ugh. painful. And and yeah. we are all in this. This is a global pandemic that we're grappling with, you know, collectively as humans. And I feel like one of the things that I've noticed is that people are really bringing more of their human self to every yeah. interaction. Yeah. And, and hopefully that's yep. going to be something that continues because I really feel like conversations yes. that start with like, how are you? Are you okay? How can I be helpful? Yes. You know, are you, you know, when I, when I connected with your friend Marcy that you introduced me to you know, the, right off out of the gate on our zoom call, she said, I want to know where you are in the pandemic and how you're managing. And I thought, Aww, what I a lovely her. way to start the conversation, you know, to, to, yeah. to deeply and, and authentically ask, how are you? Not, yes, not yes. as a, and there's, you know, it, so many good things that are coming. I mean, I was just, when you were talking about the parent conferences, like how many parents cannot get to their kids' school for parent conferences or PTA meetings? How awesome would it be if Zoom is the new way to do it? Because you, especially it's like a discrepancy uh, on income level too, of who can get to them and who can't. Sure, so who, there's can, who can afford so to take things. the time off from their job to go in. Right, and- right, right. I also wanted to say, like, I think having some fun and humor um, in new creative ways that um, are accessible to you. So like I've been doing all these Airbnb experiences with my mom who lives in a different state and they're just so silly and fun. And plus you learn something and you see each other. And like, I've been doing some travel ones, you know, um, they're just, somebody comes online and they like give you a tour of their town partially by video or stories, but there's so many things like that that can be creative. Oh, and hey, a plug. My um, broad comedy is doing a show um, on 
uh, December 16th. I'm not sure when this is coming out. but um, So we're going to be doing virtual shows for people. And what's so great about it is it's all these people who have not been able to see us because they can't get to the city we're in. Including so, me. I have two virtual yeah. tickets. I'm coming on the 16th. Oh, this show is dropping on December 14th. So everybody needs to okay. stop what they're doing. Go to a certainagepod.com <laughs> for the show notes because you will find a way to click over and purchase a ticket. They're relatively inexpensive. It's $20 a ticket. And, and tell us uh, what we could expect and, and what the money is going for, Kate. <laughs> yeah. So it's this going is cool. To, yeah. It's going to Fair Fight, the Georgia elections. It's an all-women's comedy show. So definitely rated R. So you might want to, like, take your little Zoom laptop into <laughs> another room. Um, yeah, it's just $20 a household. And... Um, yeah, and it's it's we're doing some political funny stuff. In fact, there's a couple pieces in there, Katie, that we will never ever do again after that date because they are um, thankfully going to be outdated soon. Ah, <laughs> I bet I know what that's about. Yes, and then we are doing. I mean, one of them it was actually fun. We had the opportunity. Um, we have a piece that's a bridal shower. It's a sketch about. Um, <laughs> artisanal sex toys. It's a very funny piece. <laughs> I, had no, and, I had no idea that was a thing. <laughs> and learn. they, it, we changed it to be um, a Zoom bridal shower. So that was a really fun little shift we got to do. And um, so anyway, it's it's a blast. And it's like a 45 or 50 minute show um, before we all, you know, Zoom out, get our, get tired. But um uh, just very silly, couple of songs, a bunch of sketches, and a lot of women's and mom issues and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm bringing my I'm bringing my 20 year old daughter. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm wonderful. Up to my my screen <laughs> to, <laughs> to watch. Uh, Katie, this has been so much fun. I, I so Aww. appreciate you coming on and 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 getting to. Ha- I always get loved getting to hang with you, and I. Um, I'm excited to introduce you to the listeners of the show. How can they keep following you, your work? I'm going to link to the broad comedy event on 1216, but how can people keep following what you're up to? Yeah, just katiegoodman.com is just the easiest place. Everything's there. And you it, it asks you when you get there, do you want to laugh or do you want to learn about yourself? And then you pick a track <laughs> and it's either life coaching or comedy. If you go so. left or right, you're going to be happy. Katie. Yeah, exactly. And I just want to tell you, Katie, I've loved the show personally. I've just gotten so much out of um, listening to all of your interviews and just loving how you do it. Aww, so thank, thank you. you. Thank you, lady. All right. Thanks for being <laughs> on with me today, Katie. All right. See you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women over 50 who are aging without apology. Thanks for listening. Creating this show each week since August has been a pandemic silver lining. I miss spending time in rooms full of amazing women like Katie, and I love connecting with my guests and my listeners virtually through this show. You rock. Let's keep this going in 2021. A Certain Age is taking a two-week break for the holidays. We'll be back the first Monday in January to kick off season two. All January long, our guests will help you get after whatever it is you want in the new year. We'll tackle goal setting, finding purpose, fueling creativity, and creating the big, bold 2021 we all deserve after this year. See you next time. And until then, age boldly, beauties. Beauties.